0: When every deck is stacked against you, how do you survive? That's the question Goldie Taylor tried to answer in her new memoir, The Love You Save. Goldie is a prominent national journalist and author who grew up in East St. Louis in the 70s, 80s and 90s. She tells KMOX's Debbie Monterey, the book has a lot of people talking. I think that it has uh, so many universal things. Um, I talk about poverty, and gun violence and sexual violence in some other places in the book, you know, what happens to families who are living on the margins that I really hope to open a window of understanding, give people an insight as to, you know, what it was like to live in East St. Louis in the 80s and 90s and what uh, life was like for me, conversely, living in what was then St. Ann, Missouri. And so I'm just glad that it is stirred conversation
2: and I think only good can come from that. You have been a journalist for More than 35 years. You started at the Atlanta Journal Constitution, you worked at CBS News in Atlanta, and you've been featured just about everywhere. NBC, ABC, BET, BBC, I I could go on and on. Um, And you are a political analyst, a human rights activist, a contributing editor of the Daily Beast. This your fourth book is your memoir. So it is the story of Goldie Taylor, born in University City, growing up in St. Anne and then East St. Louis, And uh, I think it's safe to say that, you know, that your childhood was, you know, humming along like most children's childhoods until until when you were 11 living in St. Anne and you were raped by a neighbor,
0: a neighbor boy. Um, Life was pretty idyllic for me. You know, we had moved to St. Anne um, in my uh, first grade I had, uh, at D. Hart Elementary School. It was reading and Girl Scouts and going to Schaefer Park and over to T. Meyer to swim. And and so they were riding your bikes through their neighborhood. I don't know if many kids get to do that anymore, but we were on our bikes, you know, through all of the daylight hours. And so it really was pretty ideal for me uh, in St. Anne. We were one of the first black families to live inside of St. Anne. Uh, We were one of three that I knew of at that time, know, in the early 70s, my mother rented a house from a realtor out there named Ted Smith. And I know that his family is still in the real estate business today. I heard from them in fact, but it really was. But until I got a brand new bike and uh, it was the summer of 1980, the whole world was changing. You know, CNN was here, you know, the Olympics and all of these things were happening. And I was on my way to Schaefer Park, as I would be any summer morning on my bike. I got there, had a great day. And on my way back, I didn't make it home. And so there was a boy who lived just a block over from us. We knew the house. We knew the boys who lived there. And we generally stayed clear of them. Well, that day, um, my luck ran out of steering clear of that house and those boys. It changed everything for me. It was a disruption of a girlhood that I can never get back. And so I don't know if my mother knew how to deal with it. I don't know if her own traumas were catching up to her. But her answer for that, being a single mom raising a girl, um, I was a baby only. My older siblings were uh, up and out or halfway out anyway. And uh, she sent me to live with my Aunt Geraldine in St. Louis, which was at that time still teetering on middle and working class, but uh, sent me to live with an aunt and uncle where she knew that I would have 24-7 care. That changed absolutely everything for me.
2: At least reading the book, it doesn't sound like 11-year-old Goldie is feeling that she's being sent there for 24-hour care because your mom just, she dealt with it by not dealing with it at all, that there was no... There was no hug. There was no talking about it. There was no comfort. And then almost just being sent away as if somehow this was your fault. And then your relatives feeling like this was, you know, that you must have chosen to become sexually active at 11. I felt
0: abandoned and lost, unmoored, I think is the word I give to it. That I belonged to nothing and no one specifically, that I was just simply one more
2: ship passing in the night at aunt Gerald's house. How did Goldie grow up to be the person that she is today, having gone through that? Because I imagine a lot of kids who may have gone through that don't end up being Goldie Taylor.
0: No, I don't think they do.
2: Um, Not often enough. You know, what I say about
0: that is I knew a lot of Goldies growing up and not all good happened for them. But for a few right turns for me and people interceding on my behalf, I just feel lucky, I think, more than anything else. Because during that time, we're talking about the early 80s, crack descended on East St. Louis. And if the city was already on fire, it burned the rest of it down.
2: You did end up getting to travel all around the state of Illinois with speech competitions. And um, you got to meet... Harold Washington in Chicago,
0: and he said, you talk too much. (laughs) We went all over the state down to Springfield, all on a rickety school bus from District 189. And um, we brought home ward after ward. In fact, one of my uh, classmates, actually she was in the adjoining class. Uh, Her name is Pamela Means and people in St. Louis might know Pamela Means because she's one of the top black attorneys in the city and had been president of the National Bar Association, the nation's African-American uh, Association of Lawyers. So those were the classmates that I had back in that day. And those were the kids who were on that rickety bus headed to Chicago.
2: Having written this book and including so many saint Louisy things, there was a KMOX mention in there. So. My grandma's favorite. <laughs> you hear from people, I'm sure, when you were, when you were in town, do, you know, promoting this book in person, people start coming out of the woodwork. Who knew you when?
0: You know, the most wonderful thing was, one, coming home to St. Louis, we did a book signing uh, at the Ethical Society in Clayton, uh, hosted by Left Bank Books. And out in the audience was my cousin, Bug, and a row of relatives, but when they turned up the lights, there was my best friend, Debbie from St. Christopher Lane. Her bro- older brother Christopher's wife was there whom I'd not met before. Two aunts who were my father's half sisters were present. I'd never met them before. And Dr. Jeannie Harell page uh, is known around St. Louis. She's Sam Page, the CEO of St. Louis County's wife. Well, we went to elementary school together. And Jeannie Harrell page beautiful as she is, shows up with half the Hake Middle School cheerleading squad uh, that I was on in the seventh grade. And so it really was um, an incredible experience to be connected with so many people who supported you then, support you now, but maybe you haven't talked to in 40 years.
2: How old were you, I'm trying to remember, when your father was murdered?
0: I was five years old uh, when he was murdered. Um, I I turned five that July, and he was murdered in November. Uh, in North St. Louis.
2: Congratulations on everything that you have accomplished and overcome.
0: I thank you so much, Debbie. But I look forward to writing uh, so much more and spending a little more time at home in St. Louis. Goldie Taylor was a guest on Debbie Monterey's book chat from the St. Louis Library. Make sure to check out her stuff going forward.
1: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.